Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you are having an absolutely wonderful, blessed day today. And there's a lot of stories I've been working on this morning here. And one of the first ones I wanted to bring up to you guys as we're starting to see this whole entire sham of the January 6th incident that a majority of it we're starting to find out was pre-planned that majority of it was already under surveillance and they had FBI individuals allegedly making sure the situation occurred that's why there's a lot of the people that we saw in the photos like they didn't know who they were or what happened and they've completely and totally fell off the map and nobody knows anything about them but they were the ones that were basically spearheading the incident And something that I saw this morning that was even more troubling is now the fourth capital cop that was at the January 6th incident. Now, this is the fourth cop to commit suicide. And my condolences go to the family. Officer Kyle Diefrecht, 26 years old, killed himself last week. This is the fourth cop now that was at the grounds in the incident. Now, this is very, very stinky of the Clintons and other things that they've been involved in. For this to occur, the likelihood is very rare. Now, I don't know what's going on with it. I'm just throwing it out there. But one thing that was also very strange, last Thursday in Huntington Beach, Glenn Allen Brooks out in California had his home raided by the FBI. Now, Glenn Allen Brooks had a prayer group, and of course, his prayer group had a snitch. And back in February, this pathetic little snitch notified the FBI that Greg or Glenn basically took selfies when he was in January 6th protest and he sent them into a group chat. So, of course, the FBI did a full-blown surveillance and they they processed photos from the group chat and photos from the facial recognition from January 6th and then they started following him. And they saw him get out of his truck, and there were photos online, them them doing surveillance photos. And they confirmed that it was the elusive Glenn Brooks. So on Thursday, they showed up at his house at 6 a.m. for a no-knock search warrant with eight FBI agents fully armed with body armor, M4 rifles, ballistic shield, and a battering ram to extract him from his house which he peacefully gave up immediately. And the whole neighborhood was basically terrorized. This giant FBI raid, they thought it was a big drug operation. No, it was Mr. Glenn Brooks sleeping in his house, and they had a warrant for him. And the gigantic federal charges that they could trump up on him, the giant charges, the the horrific acts that he was involved in, he's been charged with, Unlawful entry and disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. I'm going to repeat that. Unlawful entry and disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. That's right up there with like basically like being drunk and disorderly in public. That's, that's literally what this charge is. It's like federal charges. All this surveillance for months and an FBI search team search warrant to execute on him at 6 a.m., to charge him with unlawful entry and disorderly conduct on restricted grounds. I have never even heard of this happening before on this baseless of a charge. And there's photos of him, videos of him. He walks in, and he's taking selfies, and then he leaves. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the extent of what he did. 
And so what we're starting to see here now is this two-tiered system where they're making sure that they're going to criminalize anybody that does not go along with the narrative. I'm going to talk about that in a minute with some other stuff that's going on. While at the same time, you have the Beetlejuice Lightfoot in Chicago. The Chicago Police Department has now reported as of July, the month of July only, a record 614 people were shot in Chicago. 614 people shot in Chicago in the month of July. That's it. Just the month of July. Hitting record numbers every month. I mean, Chicago's just, they're above the curve on this. Guys, that average is 20 people per day, every day in Chicago getting shot. But you don't hear about that in mainstream media, do you? You don't hear about that from bumbling buffoon Biden. You sure as heck don't hear about the FBI doing anything in Chicago, much less the ATF, which that's allegedly their job. They can't figure out how to do anything other than shoot dogs and burn down buildings, I guess. This is what we're starting to find now. And I talked to Steve this morning, and he said – because Steve always you know, looks at different articles too, stuff, and sometimes he'll send me stuff. And he said, I noticed a trend over the last week, Austin, and he goes, it's kind of disturbing. I said, what is it? And he said, I, I looked at Yahoo. I looked at some of these other mainstream outlets, and he said, there's becoming this militant, actually aggressive – tone in the headlines only just the headlines much less the article about basically being hateful and angry and fining and charging people that basically are not getting shot up with this injection i said yeah i've noticed that too he said they're now calling it a war he said they're also saying that now individuals that don't get vaccinated should now be able to be charged and be fined if they give somebody covid because they haven't had the shot I was reading part of the article, and sure enough, that's what they want to say. They'll start being able to, people to be sued and fined. If you if you don't get shot up with an RNA gene editing shot, people can now fine you and sue you because you contract you let them contract COVID. Well, first off, the ability to actually confirm, truly confirm with certainty that somebody gave you COVID is extremely difficult to do. I mean, there's so many variables, and the reasonable doubt is so effective right there. But again, this is where they're starting to take it, and this is why we're seeing all of this go forward further and further. Now we're seeing the New York Times just reported that the federal government is now referring to what is called an influencer army to promote pro-vaccine campaigns aimed at America's youth. Influencer you're not aware of that. That's like a social media influencer. That's the term now. People that have a large following on social media. And they said the White House is now targeting young Americans by recruiting an army of influencers. Quote, the roster of online personalities includes 50 Twitter streamers, YouTubers, TikTokers, and extremely popular pop star Olivia Rodrigo. I don't know who that is, but apparently she's popular. They're saying they're paying local influencers that have follower accounts between 5,000 followers to 100,000 followers up to a minimum of $1,000 a month to promote coronavirus vaccines to their fans. That's how far they're sinking now and how far they're losing the narrative that they're literally building an army of influencers, I quote, to try to change the direction of people's thought process and push so much propaganda every single day into the minds of the youth that they basically are going to try to convince everybody it's a good idea to be shot up with a gene therapy shot that has not been approved and is 100% experimental. This is where they're going. And But I must say, the good thing about this is, the only good thing about this is, it's showing us 
how far they're willing to play their hand because they're losing. The only reason you go to this level and you stoop to this level to pay people on social media to promote your nonsense is because you're losing and they're doing a full-blown marketing campaign, which means we have to be as vocal as possible. Like Dad said yesterday, this whole trying to be discreet and you know, send people photos or memes or information, basically send people articles and try to do it on you know, basically encrypted emails and stuff. It's complete and total nonsense. We got to get vocal. We got to be blatant. And we got to be unbelievably obvious that we are not going to comply with this whatsoever. We have to make it known that there will be zero compliance with gene editing therapy being pressed on the populace against our will, period. That is no option anymore. As I said last year very clearly, the masks were easy. That was, that was the target when they're 1,000 meters out. The shots are at your front door now. Nobody caught that analogy when I said it last year. Now they're coming to your front door, knocking on your front door, trying to convince you why you need to get a shot. And, oh, if you put the slightest bit of interest in, oh, hey, by the way, we have a health worker in the car right down the road with a refrigerator in the back. We can, we can give you the shot right now. Is that okay? Uh, let's close the door right now. You want to go ahead and sign these papers? I'll go ahead and have them over here. Is that cool? I mean, guys, it's, it's textbook salesman techniques, and the people don't even see what's going on. Why do you have to go door to door to sell an item? that allegedly people should want on their own without any type of sales because it's so effective and it's so great. Well, it's very clear. It's not great. It's not safe, and it's not effective. In the UK now, they're saying that 70% of the individuals that are getting contracting COVID now with Delta have already been inoculated, which this whole thing has been a complete and total farce. So again, get vocal, get loud, get out there and stand your ground and speak your mind what's going on right now. This is another reason why they came back and they flip-flopped back on the mask for what, you know, like the 38th time they flip-flopped on them because they want to create as much anger and animosity towards everybody that's not going along with the agenda. And now everybody that went in and got their shot for the sole purpose of not being able to, you know, not having to wear a mask anymore. Now they're unbelievably angry because they're being told to wear a mask, even though masks have been the entire time voluntary. They own the Austin. They told me to wear a mask. No, that is voluntary. I have not seen at one point in time in my entire year and a half of experience in this situation have I watched somebody hold another person down and forcefully put a mask on them and strap it to their face and padlock it and ziplock it behind their head. It has been voluntary the entire time. So wake up, my friends, and get this news and get this information out there. What do you think, Deb? Melissa, I talked this morning to uh, my insurance agent, and uh, she's received her first and second vaccine. And she told me this morning she's not taking any more vaccines, that she's done. And I've talked to so many people that have had the first set of shots, and they said, we're not taking it anymore. We thought this was one and done. That we'd take this, take the booster, be done with it. But now they're coming up with a whole string of more vaccines and we're not going to be part of this. And the harder this agenda is pushed by the planetary rulers, we'll talk about that in just a second in more detail. What ends up happening is the more the people are going to wake up and push back. That's why they're so desperate right now. They're becoming really militant, like Okuma up there in New York. What a nightmare these people are. You should put them in jail. They shouldn't be allowed to buy food. They should be arrested if they don't have a vaccine. And yet the vaccine doesn't work. You know, more people are being admitted into hospitals now who've had the vaccine than those who have not had the vaccine. And we warned you this about this last year and this year. We talked about viral shedding. We talked about antibody-induced enhancement in length and how once your body thinks that the COVID 
spike protein is normally occurring in your body because your body's making it, it will no longer produce antibodies against it. If you get exposed to the wild virus, you're going to be hospitalized, and there's a high probability you're going to die of septus. We talked about this at length. You know, when Dr. Sherry Tenpenny was on with me a month ago, we talked about this. And I've got Dr. Dr. Uh, Dr. Carrie Maggi coming on in about two weeks, and we're going to be doing a whole nother show on this with her as my guest for the full hour. And then I've got, I still want Dr. Lee Merritt on. And so we're trying to do everything we possibly can to inform you guys. But I want to also thank you. I've gotten so many responses all the way from Jackie in Australia, all over the world about yesterday's show. And, you know, it's interesting because I got under a real heavy anointing yesterday. I felt it literally dripping off me when we got off the air. And I, and I told Sharon, I said, I've got to listen to the show. I've got to find out what I said. And you need to listen to yesterday's show if you haven't heard it yet. And uh, it was some pretty good preaching. I, I've got to admit that. And it was through the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me. And so I thought, wow. But it was really direct, very, how should I say, in your face, so to speak, from a preaching standpoint. Like, this is something we've got to stop. It's something we've got to do. Because I was talking about what Austin was talking about just a moment ago. We've got a problem with people hiding in the corners now and saying we're not going to talk about this anymore online. But here I will give you this bit of advice. Be very careful who you invite into your inner circle from this point forward. Be very careful what you post online. Don't post violent rhetoric. Don't be saying that people should go out and shoot people and do crazy things. Don't do that. If you do that, I can tell you this. This ain't going to work for you. The FBI will be at your door with a no-knock search warrant. I'm letting you guys know that in advance. Don't don't be threatening people online. Don't do it. And look what just happened with this guy out there in California. He had that snitch in his prayer group, in his Bible study. What the heck? I got snitches in Bible studies? Oh, yeah. A lot of that's from the, quote, clergy response team, by the way. These pastors that have been programmed have agreed to basically turn in their own parishioners, their own people in their own churches, if they don't go along with the government edicts, yeah, that same group, that same group that we talked about so much yesterday, and we, the pastors have to wake up. Now, let's talk about these capital suicides, and my deepest condolences to the, to the folks in the family. But let me give you a little analogy. There's a movie, a movie that came out a few years ago with Mark Wahlberg, right? And Mark Wahlberg was a quote-unquote sniper in the military, and they basically enlisted him to basically be a consultant to try to prevent the assassination of a dignitary. And what they were doing, they were setting him up to be the fall guy for the sniper. And they had it set up so that when the person was shot, that a police officer would shoot Mark Wahlberg, which he did. Mark Wahlberg fell through the window, got away, basically was trained in trauma care, and basically was able to survive. And then the FBI person who tried to arrest him was basically knocked down by Wahlberg. He wasn't killed. And he started questioning the mainstream narrative. And finally, they said to him, he said to his supervisors with the FBI, maybe I need to wait until the report comes out, find out what I did, and then sign it after you tell me what it's supposed to say. Right? So then he ends up basically going against the narrative because he knows it's not true, starts asking all these questions. And suddenly a group of guys take him off the side of the street, throw him into a van, take him to an abandoned boathouse, and decide to suicide him. And they strap this contraption to his head to blow his own brains out. 
And they said, no, you stop resisting. And they started beating him. And they said, we've used this many times. There's nothing you can do. So this is the sixth part of the film. And finally, Mark Wahlberg shoots these guys who were doing this to this guy. And he's still trying to figure out what's going on. The guy who they tried to suicide, he goes, I can't believe this is happening. And finally, he realizes that the entire group of people that he's working with are being controlled and corrupt. Now, I said all of that to say this. Besides, you can watch the movie. It's pretty brilliant. It's a good movie. Here's the problem with all of this stuff. Four people have committed suicide from the Capitol insurrection on January the 6th, when really the only person who was shot was one of the people, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by one of the Capitol police. And now they're saying they've been so traumatized by these events that they're committing suicide. Well, I have another question I want to ask you, and that may be a true statement, and that may be why they're doing it. I don't know. I'm speculating at this point. Total speculation on my part, my opinion. How do we know that these four people weren't going to wake up or hadn't woken up and hadn't started talking about the mainstream merit of it being false? Hmm? How do we know that? How do we know that they weren't coming out and saying, wait a minute, we opened the doors. We let the stanches come down. How about they were really not doing anything violent? How about you know this really wasn't traumatic to us? How about we don't maintain this narrative and we start talking about another narrative? Would they have been suicided? Look at Lee Harvey Oswald, that whole conspiracy. He was shot almost immediately after, quote, unquote, not shooting JFK. I mean, multiple people now have tried to duplicate what happened from that window and that book depository in Dallas. Multiple people with, a, with this, with this, with this you know, convertible going by at such a high rate of speed and having to rechamber that gun. Remember, this wasn't something that had a magazine attached to it. You had to reload. You know, and so here's the thing. None of that could be that duplicated. They tried. And all of a sudden he was shot. And same thing happened with all these other people who killed people. They end up getting shot or get put into a mental institution almost immediately, and nobody ever questions it or finds out what the narrative is. You say, well, is it that bad? Is it that corrupt? Yeah, it is, actually. This country's been taken over. And Kennedy tried to warn everybody about a vast monolithic conspiracy that was taking over the United States that was going to enslave the entire population. He warned us. Read a speech to the newspaper publishers. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. That's why I tell you guys the last president we had in the United States, my favorite president of my lifetime, is John F. Kennedy. And so what did they do to him when he started telling the truth? They blew his head off in public, the whole back of his head, you know, from multiple shooters from multiple positions. It was not Lee Harvey Oswald. We all know that now. And the Warren Commission was a complete and total joke, just like the 9-11 Commission report was a complete and total joke. They didn't even address Building 7 in the 9-11 report. How it came down, the Solomon building came down eight hours later in a controlled demolition. All of this stuff is being fed to the mainstream media, which is being fed to the United States population. It's just straight stream of lies. And the problem with all that is, is that the majority of the people here in the United States continue to believe the lie. They just want to believe the lie. Remember, remember what Jesus said. He was so succinct. Light has come into the world, but the world has what? preferred the darkness see people would rather have you tell them the lies to maintain their normalcy bias than to take a bright look at what's going on you know, this morning i asked my teenage daughter i said you know when are you going to grow up when are you going to stop acting like this when are you going to start making good decisions why do you think this is okay how do you affect other people why don't you think about that and she couldn't answer any of the questions she's 18 She's just looking at me with a blank stare on her face, kind of getting irritated at me. And I said, no, we're going to address these questions. What are you doing? How's it affecting you? How's it affecting other people? 
And is it okay? And she's a good kid. She really is. And she doesn't smoke. She doesn't drink that. She doesn't take drugs. But she's got an attitude on her. So here's the thing. You know, when do we start thinking for ourselves? When do we start realizing that something ain't right, that we have planetary rulers from other dimensions? You know, the Bible tells us that, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Well, there you go and that stuff again, Tad. No, no, you got to figure this out on your own. Something ain't right. If you can't feel it in your spirit, you're not looking at it. You're, you're, you're trying to believe that Donald Trump is your savior. I talked to Sharon about this in length yesterday. The, the main reason that people are still attached and holding on to Donald Trump is not that they believe that he's a good person. They don't believe that. But they believe that he's the only hope they have. It's almost all secular Republicans that are doing this because they only want to play partisan politics, and they're not really being led by the Holy Spirit. They're not really – got to remember, a lot of these guys in politics are just a bunch of drunks. I'm talking the Republican high-end party and the Democratic party. They, they go out of these parties and get drunk all the time, and if they can't get drunk with a lot of these other people, they go find themselves a young girl with Jeffrey Epstein, which obviously over a thousand of them did that, and they basically get themselves blackmailed. These are not good people in politics. They've been terribly morally compromised. Now, not all of them, but over 90 percent of them. I guarantee you that's happened to 90 percent of them. And so they push this narrative again. It's Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump. Donald Trump packing out rallies again. What did they do with this guy? They gave him star status with the Apprentice TV show for, I think, what, 15 seasons on NBC? Everybody said, Donald, the Donald, the Donald, the Donald. And then he came out and told us what we wanted to hear in the rallies before the 2016 election. He really did. And we thought, and I even thought, and Austin thought, this guy's telling us what we want to hear. But then as soon as he gets into power, what does he do? He puts in all these Goldman Sachs people. All of these CFR members, more than any other president, who are dedicated to a one-world government, all of these Rothschild control flunkies like Wilbur Ross, all of these people in and on and on. And finally, I'm looking at Austin one day, and I said, what the heck, man? All these CFR members? This is like three or four months into his presidency. This ain't right. Somebody else is pulling the strings on this guy and telling him what to do. And he's like a carnival barker is what he is. He likes to tell people with his big mouth, here's what I'm going to do. I'm the Donald and he does all this stuff, and what ends up happening is people see him as a leader, and he's not. He's just, a, he's just an actor on a stage, guys. And so these people are still looking to Donald Trump. Why? Because they don't have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't. And by the way, the girl the other day who had sent that text to me about, you know, she had to turn off the show as far as it being a Jesus fest over there that I did with Dr. Tenpenny. She said, oh, you misunderstood. We were joking because the show went blank at the very end and then somebody turned it off, we thought, because you were going too much about Christ. So I'm really happy to hear that that happened. You know, and we, and we got, like I said earlier, we have Jackie from you know, Australia contacting us. All these people contacted us over yesterday's show and because they're so frustrated, the people in Paris – you know, remember when Macron said he was going to rule, you know, France like a Greek god? He was Rothschild installed. We've posted that again on the website. And now we have Reith Witherspoon. She has a quote unquote media company that she is selling to Blackstone for $900 million. And, you know, this is a company that's been, that's been headed by Disney's executives, Kevin Mayer and Tom Staggs. The acquisition will help create a new company focused on creating content 
Hollywood streaming area era, the sale is valued around nine hundred million, according to the people familiar with the deal. The venture backed by Blackstrung Group and led by the entertainment executives Meyer Staggs has agreed to buy a majority stake in the company. The terms of the deal weren't disclosed, but a person familiar with the transaction told CNBC's Julia Bornstein it was valued at nine hundred million. This is the first acquisition made by the newly formed company under Mayor Staggs, who are both former Disney executives. Well, where'd they come up with $900 million, guys? Newly formed companies, a billion dollars? They just decided to have a, have a billion dollars? No, 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 no. You got to realize that all of these people are being backed. Blackstone will spend $500 million on buying shares of Hello Sunshine from its current investors, including AT&T. These are all controlled by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And Emerson Collective, according to the Wall Street Journal, which first reported the news of the total deal. Witherspoon and some Hello Sunshine executives and investors will retain ownership stakes in the new company. Now, what's interesting about this is, you know, we always remember, you know, you know, uh, you know, Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. Remember when they did the sequel, they brought the gays into it and all the other stuff they brought into it. And then she's done some movies that are so rank and so sick and so perverted that I actually walked out of the theater and got refunds from them. I've never promoted them. She's not who you think she is. Who is Reese Witherspoon? You know, is she another one of these Hollywood insiders? Is she another one of these Kabbalists? And I have to say this. I'm, I'm glad you asked because she is a Kabbalist, and we need to understand that she worships Einsof, the snake in a tree that we would call Lucifer or Baal or Moloch or, you know, Quetzalcoatl as do so many other of the Hollywood, quote-unquote, performers. We need to get this. Hollywood is filled with Kabbalist actresses and actors. Leonardo DiCaprio is a Kabbalah, wears a Kabbalah bracelet. You know, in the early 2000s, 20 years ago, Madonna tried to make it trendy in Hollywood when she converted dozens of actors and actresses to this, you know, satanic school of thought from the Zohar which utilizes mysticism and witchcraft as a means of interpretation of the spiritual and of God, their God. Among the followers who did this were Britney Spears, which that's really worked out well for her, but they say that she's actually denounced the ideology now because she's gone completely and totally nuts. Everybody knows that. We also remember that David and Victoria Beckham, Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher, Lindsay Lohan, Gwyneth Paltrow, that sick, perverted weirdo, Goldie Hawn, Paris Hilton, Mariah Carey, Mick Jagger, Reese Witherspoon. This list goes on and on and on and on and on. And we need to understand that this is a huge movement through the Kabbalist network of Shabbat that have houses all over the world that's basically running this in Hollywood. You know, there's a really good actress. I mean, she really is. And her name is basically uh, uh, Rachel White. You know, she was in the Mummy movies and all this other kind of stuff. And she told us, you know, years ago what's going on in Hollywood. And it really, really affected her career. So we have to understand who these people are and what they do and how this Kabbalah infiltration of Satanism has taken over Hollywood which is the primary factor of social mores and values in the United States. It affects more young children than anything else. Look at that filthy yuck Miley Cyrus, you know, riding around on a giant phallic symbol in her concerts. You know, she used to be Hannah Montana and all these girls were wearing what, you know, blonde wigs to try to be like Miley Cyrus. 
you know, Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, his achy, breaky heart. He actually denounced what had happened to her and denounced Disney and quickly retracted his statement days later. All of these people are being taken over by the dark side, which practices the occult and talks to these demons and entities from other dimensions that actually are the planetary rulers that we talked about because our battle is not against flesh and blood. And that's what we have to understand as Christians, okay, as people who follow our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to understand that this group that has run this planet for thousands upon thousands of years, long before Christ came here, all the way back to the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6, they didn't go anywhere. They stayed around, and they're doing it again. And I, this, this is why I constantly use the same theme on all of the shows that we do or try to, because it's only about Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter. He is our savior. Okay, He saved us from the evil one. He's the savior. Okay, That's why he says, deliver us from the evil one in the Lord's prayer. That's who he is. God had enough and sent Jesus to save us because of this influence that has been here since the Garden of Eden. And so we need to understand that. So when you read that there have been four police officers in D.C. now that responded to these horrible capital riots and they're so traumatized by it that they're committing suicide, you got to kind of scratch your head and put a big question mark up there and say, really? Really? Do you remember all of those guys at Waco? Some of those police officers who were former bodyguards for Bill Clinton got shot in the back of the head while they were breaching the compound. Why don't you read about that? See, when somebody's a material witness and they've seen what has happened and they know that the narrative that's being disclosed is not real and they start talking about it and these people can show up in court and testify under oath as to what they saw, they become an extreme liability. An extreme liability, in most cases, has to be silenced. So we always – and I'm not saying that these people were suicide. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it seems odd to me that four people now have committed suicide from this before their stories could come out and they could actually meet with the press people and talk about this stuff. Remember Colby Bryant? Remember that? He had met with Kanye West and had communion that morning, got on his plane. Kanye West had converted back to Christianity. And Kobe Bryant was coming back to Christianity after he had done that whole thing about the demons and these muses that were controlling him and the evil muse inside of him, all of the stuff. And suddenly he's worth $500 million and he's got this huge name. And suddenly he's coming back to God and to Jesus and he's got to be silenced. Suddenly a guy in a helicopter, which was set up, by the way, for autopiloting in most cases, these types of helicopters are, they can actually be remote controlled and brought back. Suddenly this pilot, instead of hovering because he got in the fog which is easy enough to do it's called hover mode you push the button the helicopter stops going anywhere it just goes and stops in the air midair and you can actually go up with the helicopter at that point until you get out of the fog layer find out where you are but he decides to fly around at 176 knots which is about 200 miles an hour and they and basically has a pilot the pilot flies into the side of a mountain did was that done on purpose was he suicided because he was coming to jesus had he got enough people mad at him? I don't know. I'm asking these questions. I'm just sitting here as an observer going, that's really odd that a helicopter with a pilot with that kind of experience would fly into the side of a mountain when you don't have to fly anywhere in a helicopter when you have fog. You just stop. You hover and go up. 
Find out where it clears. Go find a place to land and set the helicopter down. Why would you fly around in the fog not knowing where you were going at 200 miles an hour? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, even in an airplane, if you're flying in the mountains and you run into clouds and, you know, the mountains are at 4,000 or 5,000 feet, you just pull back on the yoke, get up over 6,000 feet and just go up and try to find a place where you know you're going to be safe. You're not going to be running into anything. You can always head out over the ocean if you know it's clear out there until you get some clear air until you find a coastal community to land in. You don't have to fly into terrain. Controlled flight into terrain. CFIT. There's actually a term for that. And so you think, why did these things happen? Why do these people suddenly get silenced? Wow. Think about it. And think about who's in your Bible study. And think about who you're inviting into your home. And think about what you're sending out via the emails. And what you're sending out via Texas, and don't send out violent rhetoric. It's really important. But even more important than that is to keep your hearts and minds on Jesus every single day, every single moment. What do you think, Austin? Absolutely. You're 100% right on that. I've told people that for years. Be very careful. You start letting people into your house, and you start talking to them as far as any personal, intimate talk about things. Because this is happening more and more often now. And also, too, be very careful with some of these militia groups. I'm just throwing that out there. You can make your own decisions on it. I've known some of them in the past. There's some really, really good people in militia. There's some really, really good patriots that have very good nonviolent patriotic militias. There's also a hot spot for the FBI and the ATF to infiltrate. Remember what happened with Michigan governor, bumbling buffoon Gretchen Whitmore? Remember the, the, the planned attack to go basically kidnap her and hold her for ransom and all this stuff and come to find out half the people in the group were paid FBI informants and they basically set the entire thing up. And then like three or four of the guys that were there that weren't FBI informants were like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess if this is something you guys are really interested in, we got to plan it out. And they go, OK, I'll hold that thought. Next day, they all get arrested, conspiracy charged. I mean, they got a whole laundry list of stuff they're charged with now. And that whole thing's turned into a giant boondockle. You notice why you haven't heard much about it because it's coming out that half the people in the group were FBI informants. So everybody's going, okay, so how? where's the line drawn with this? Well, now, what do you have, 10 people that are FBI informants and the 11th person is basically a citizen and they talk him into doing something. Now all of a sudden he takes the fall for the giant cockamamie story the FBI informants planned. Yeah, that happens. This is how far they're willing to take it. This is why these alphabet agencies have gone complete and total lunatic. They really have. I mean, I watched the surveillance video, the camera footage from the guy's house when they were walking up, these FBI agents with Glenn over there in basically the um, – in Huntington Beach. And I mean I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm just shaking my head. Full body armor, full M4s, front riot shield, or not riot shield, basically entry shield, and uh, basically battering ram. I mean – because they want to charge him with unlawful entry and disorderly conduct. Really? That's that's where we're taking this now? At the same time, all of this drama is unfolding. All of this obfuscation with COVID is unfolding. And now we got a 2,700-page infrastructure bill that nobody has read. And by the way, they worked on it secretly. I found this out now, too. Basically, the drafting of the text, Breitbart News just talked about this, said the drafting of the text has been written in secret for months since January. 
outside of the normal legislative process, which is supposed to have it in relevant communities of jurisdiction. Breitbart now said the authorized, basically the leak of the draft, text to Breitbart out of concern. The murky and secretive process behind this bill has led to widespread corruption in nearly a 3,000 page secret document that nobody has read, but they are told to vote yes on it. This. The, the government has gone tyrannical. If you can't figure that out yet, they're saying that part of it, part of the bill, this, this is just part of what Breitbart's figured out now in the last day. I mean, 2,700 pages. I, there's a photo that got leaked with one of the guys walking the chambers with it. And it's a stack of papers about probably 16 to 18 inches high. Not joking. That's how many pages it is when you're doing the bill. It's about, about a foot and a half tall of papers. That's the bill they're supposed to vote on. Tens of billions of dollars to help increase and support border crossings, except not one single penny goes to constructing any type of wall or any type of border security. A multi-billion dollar study on job losses of the Keystone Pipeline revocation, however, no talk or discussion or even financing to increase or help or support that industry – There's also a massive mandate that all states have to create a full carbon reduction program. There's hundreds of billions of dollars in this bill, basically, that go almost – they're saying it's like almost like half a trillion dollars is going into resurfacing the roadways, which complete total crap. That doesn't cost half a trillion dollars for asphalt, and not to mention a lot of the roadways are already being done and have been done and are done on a state level. They don't need federal aid. Florida's been doing this now. Down here in Central Florida, I-4's been getting resurfaced, which has actually been nice. But a lot of that's almost all state money. So where's it going? Well, if you look into it further, the infrastructure bill, a huge portion of this bill, is going into wireless communication and 5G updates for autonomous and electric vehicles. There you go. There you go. There you go. Now we're getting a little bit of the truth of what they're really trying to do with this bill right now. 2,700 page, $1.2 trillion bill that has been written in secret for the last five months and nobody has read. What could possibly go wrong with that, Dad? What what could possibly be in there that they don't want everybody to see and nobody's read yet? Well, you know, also the whole thing about it is it's about the 5G interface. It's about yeah. getting enough getting enough graphene oxide in everybody that they can become a computer node. Bring that's 6G in. That's, that's exactly right. That's all they care about. They they don't even have any idea of what this thing – you know, this when you go to your copier and you put paper in it, you give – paper comes in 500 sheets in a ream. A ream of paper is 500 sheets, and it's two, three inches thick. But this is like six of these reams. You know, and this is something that nobody's going to read. I mean, you know, I mean, the Bible's a thousand pages long. This is three thousand pages long. It's like reading three Bibles front to back. That's how much material's in here. It's absolutely crazy to think that this is okay and that they're not going to have stuff in there. What do they always say? What was the favorite line from these people? We need to go ahead and pass it so we can find out what we passed, then we can read it. I mean, what the heck? And this is the problem that we have, isn't it, in Washington? Washington is completely and totally out of control because, again, it's being controlled by the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, which was developed by the Rothschild banking cartel after the fail of the League of Nations. Listen to Myron Fagan's report. I posted it on the Internet again a few days ago, a few weeks ago. Listen to Myron Fagan and what he says 
and he's being very, very careful with what he says about who he's assigning blame to. And he was a playwright. Guy was absolutely brilliant, and he's Jewish on top of everything else. Okay, so he's not, and it's not, it's not like he's trying to hammer the Jews here. He's just talking about what these guys are doing who are running the planet, and what the Rothschilds are doing, these international bankers, and how they control everything. Now, you got to understand, even the CDC, when you look at these vaccines, they're saying that the vaccination may be as likely to spread COVID as the unvaxxed. That the vaccine, that if you're vaccinated, you're going to be likely to spread COVID as the unvaxxed. And that they're having reports of serious injuries after vaccine surges. We warned you guys a year and a half ago that they're going to blame all of the shedding and all of the additional people becoming sick with COVID. I have a friend of mine right now. His name is Jim. And his sister is in the hospital right now after she got vaccinated, you know, with coronavirus. And she's deathly ill. They're not sure she's going to make it because she got herself vaccinated. She's in her 70s. And this is the problem that we have, isn't it? You know, all of the people who want to be compliant, who want to believe that their doctors are still a mini god with a little G, that they have the power of life and death. Yesterday, I bragged on the baby boomers and have we have this normalcy bias that's brought to us via the baby boomers. But I also need to say something else about the baby boomers. The baby boomers really believe that these doctors that basically have power of life and death are God in a little G sense. And they got to listen to everything they say. I mean, it's like a religion. You know, there's a book you need to read by Dr. Robert Mendelson. It's called Confessions of a Medical Heretic. And he talks about how religion is like a uh, that, that medicine is like a religion and that people see these doctors as like these saviors and priests who go in and save you. I remember I have a friend of mine who's a medical doctor, and she was told in medical school, if you ever make a mistake and you basically kill somebody or somebody gets sick from something that you did, that's known as an iatrogenic disease, by the way. It's not even – it seems so strange to me they even have a name for it because it's so common. Hundreds of thousands of people a year die from iatrogenic disease or mistakes made by doctors that you don't ever admit to it from a liability standpoint. You never admit to anything. You say, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I've got another friend of mine right now. She went and had sinus surgery because okay, she was having problems breathing and having, having allergy issues. And this doctor went in there and basically broke her septum. Now she has a deviated septum. She's had a sinus infection for eight months, sick as a dog. She's a pilot by profession, can't even fly because of this, because of the pressure difference when you fly and she basically is basically can't even work right and so she's unbelievably sick well she got her septum broken by this doctor so he has an, another doctor in his clinic with him and he goes oh that's not my fault i didn't break your septum and her response was but it wasn't broken before you did the surgery nope had nothing to do with me just completely denies it it says you need to go to another doctor now and have your septum fixed and get your deviated septum fixed she goes but you're the one who did it i didn't do anything not my fault. Not my problem. You just send her to somebody else. And now she's getting an attorney because of what's happened to her. See, this is the problem that you have. And I'm going to say this again, and I've said it before. And Austin, and I know this in depth. Okay, When Austin had that problem six years ago with pericarditis, and he almost died from it, by the way. He got deathly ill, had to be put in the hospital in the emergency room. We had a physician there at this medical center, this emergency room we went to up in Celebration, Florida, who've been trained at Brown University, She's an Ivy League girl, brilliant physician, okay? And she knew exactly what to do with Austin. And, and because of my prayers and because of really good medical intervention, 
I mean, I, I, I mean, I just laid hands on him right in the middle of the emergency room and just started binding and loosing. I mean, I went, I actually was doing a little mini sermon right there in the doggone surgery room, hospital emergency room. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, he was, he recovered from that. It took him months to get his strength back, but he recovered. Here's the point I'm trying to make with all of that. You have good physicians. You've got really lousy physicians. You've got really good attorneys. You've got really lousy attorneys. You know, I, I know I've got a good friend of mine. Her name is Natalie. She's an excellent nurse. And one of the first things she asks people when they come into the emergency room is, have you had the COVID shot? Which that's something that they're not even supposed to ask, but she does anyhow to get it into their chart. So you have all these different people who have good and bad in different professions. And we need to understand that. So if you go to a doctor who's an idiot, okay, and I'm talking idiot, because a lot of these guys get through college because of affirmative action. Just thought I'd mention that to you real quick. And they really can't think. And they really can't understand. And you go to their offices and they're wearing a hazmat suit with three layers of gloves and a shield because they're so scared of a virus that all you've got to do is take C and D and zinc and potassium iodine to mitigate your risks of it. And then they end up getting the vaccines and start pushing the vaccines on everybody because they can't read current literature. You probably need to go to another doctor. Just let you know that. Or if you go to a pediatrician who says, I will not see your child if you do not take the 76 vaccines because I get my $400,000 a year from my insurance companies because I have to have 100% compliance with who gets vaccinated in my office. You probably need to go to another pediatrician or not even to a pediatrician, to a general practitioner who's not going to require that you do all that stuff. Or you go to an attorney who won't return your phone calls. And you can't get something done. And it goes on and on and on and on. Find yourself a good attorney. It's so important to understand that. Find yourself a good doctor. And get multiple opinions. Oh, I can't emphasize that enough. You've got to get multiple opinions, especially when it comes to health matters. You really do. You've got to come in and say, I'm not going to take one person's opinion. I'm going to take multiple people's opinions, and I'm going to make my own decision on all of this stuff. Think about this for a second. Dr. Robert Malone, he is the inventor of the mRNA technology. He says he's signaling the worst-case scenario about the COVID-19 could be that the whole planet starts dying. He's warning everybody about how bad these experimental boosters might be and how many people could be dying from these things. He's the guy who invented it. He says, don't do this. He's talking about antibody-induced enhancement. We've got to realize that this is not what we think it is. A Moderna rep says that everyone taking COVID-19 vaccine is pretty much part of a clinical trial. Do you really want to be a lab rat today? Well, how about this? How about you want to be a lab rat tomorrow? How about you want to be a lab rat next week? How about you want them to inject something into you that is so toxic that it's going to kill you? Maybe. How about, let's look at it this way. You've got a disease that is going to affect you 99.7% of the time. It will not affect you. But let's give you chemotherapy just to start with, just in case you might come down with cancer. What kind of crap is this? Who does stuff like this? You know, we're going to give you chemotherapy because someday you may have cancer, but you've got a 99.7% chance you won't get it, but we're going to chemo you anyhow. Are we insane? What has happened to our reasoning skills in the United States? 
Where is the country that had so many men registering for the war in World War II, and they were willing to get on landing crafts and land on the beaches of Normandy and take back Europe? Where is that country gone? When you could think through something and say, no, this isn't okay. We're not going to do this. But always remember, always remember this. FDR, the communist, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a communist. He put together an eight-step plan to force Japan to attack Pearl Harbor. And that's been made public record now. He set it up for them to attack us to get us into World War II because the Rothschild banking cartel who controlled him, the communists, wanted Europe back because Hitler was printing debt-free currency over there and had thrown the central banks out, and they were going to have the entire world go to war to get their control of the banking institutions and the monetary supply of Europe back. Just thought I'd mention that. And so they brought all these people into World War I you know, 20 years earlier, because they wanted to make sure that Germany was completely and utterly destroyed and give them the Weimar Republic and the Versailles Treaty to force World War II to force <laughs> the formation of Israel and take it over Palestine, which is part of the Balfour Declaration to get the United States in the World War I. You got to look at history. So all of these things and all these quote unquote Events are being orchestrated by an unseen hand, which is controlled by the Kabbalist banking network. Always remember that. Guys, remember something. I love you, and so does God. I appreciate you. I pray for you this morning. You guys are absolutely wonderful. I'm so blessed to have a voice and be part of your life, and it means the world to me to come live into your homes every single day and to be able to discuss with you what's going on and to talk to you about Jesus. I love you guys. Also, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Also, too, another news. This is interesting. Is we're starting to see a lot of the banking institutions become more and more tyrannical as far as the restrictions. You know, it started with social media, and it's escalated significantly. And now we've seen all things. You know, from companies from you know Citibank to PayPal, and uh, lots of them. They're starting to become slowly and slowly more controlling about what people can and can't do or can and can't sell. PayPal co-founder David Sachs now is saying that the financial giant is creating the de facto no-buy list by banning people for their opinions, essentially. In an article post on the Substack newsletter, the investor explains how PayPal's role has been completely reversed from its initial objective of helping ordinary people not be dependent on large financial institutions to start a business. He said, but now PayPal's turning its back on its original mission and is now leading the charge to restrict participation by those it deems unworthy. He said, I have no desire to defend hateful groups, said Sachs. Indeed, when I was COO at PayPal, we regularly worked with law enforcement to make sure people could not sell illegal products on the platform, obviously. But we're talking about something very different here. We're not talking about shutting down people and organizations that express views that are entirely lawful. They're just not popular in Silicon Valley. And so apparently what's happening now is PayPal starting to go in and blatantly Tell businesses, okay, well, you sell this item. It's not restricted. It's not illegal. It's not really even frowned upon, but something that they don't like, and they're basically blocking their account. And he's right. When PayPal first came out, PayPal was revolutionary. It allowed people to have you know, a virtual terminal, a merchant account essentially, and be able to sell things online. This started with eBay. 
when they when they coupled together. And so when they did that, it was a really great financial institution. But as most things are in the banking world, they become very corrupt very quickly. And this is what we're starting to see over and over and over again all across the board. So just something to be aware of. Also, too, Dad was mentioned earlier, Kumo's gigantic bullying campaign. And he's blatantly saying now, he came out, and if you saw this, he said, we're asking private businesses, if you do not have a vaccine, you cannot get into these establishments. Essentially, he wants to have a vaccine-only business policy now. That's literally what he's promoting. He's encouraging private businesses like restaurants, stadiums, and other shops to switch to vaccine-only admission. Well, how is that even going to be kept up with? Would you have to have somebody at the front door? Well, no, it's exactly what I talked about last year. I literally called this out to a T. What they're going to start doing is the vaccine passport that they want to mandate on your phone. That They've already started doing it in California and New York. They've already started testing it in other countries as well. You're going to have to scan your phone to unlock the door. That's what they're going to start doing. They're going to have a scanner. You're going to scan your phone. You're going to scan your QR code. It's going to scan it. You're going to either get a green or a red. And if it's not up to date or you haven't had your shot, they're just going to deny you entry. And it'll start with, you know, stores and stadiums and big sporting events and stuff like that. And then it's slowly going to roll right down into I saw that that moron on CNN Lemon. He was going on there. He said, it's time now that we tell people you can't get into the supermarket unless you've had your shot. And he goes on a list also blatantly saying it. So you're telling people they're not allowed to go buy food now? Unless they get an experimental gene therapy shot. Does anybody else see how sick that is? Over the weekend, I went out with a bunch of buddies that stopped by to get some food at a uh, upstairs place over in Lakeland. And we were up there. We are talking to one of the girls that I know that works there. She was waiting on us. And I asked her, brought up, I said, because uh, she works as an RN as well on a side position. She goes, I asked you to get the shot. She goes, yeah, I had to get one. She goes, they basically told me I wasn't going to be able to stay at this uh, private health care clinic. And she goes, you know, so I got it. And I said, are you going to get another one? She goes, absolutely not. She goes, I got so sick, I had to call out of both jobs for an entire week. She goes, two of my other girls that I work with, they got it. They got unbelievably sick, in bed, shakes, chills, exhausted. Because apparently she got the one of the, the single ones, whatever it was, the single shots. And I said, is anybody else but me? I said, because you're in the healthcare industry. I said, does anybody else but me see that something very strange going on with this? She goes, oh, absolutely. She goes, we kind of did it just because we wanted to keep our job, and we just figured, okay, we'll get it over with. She goes, I'm not getting another one. She goes, whatever it does to you, it's not okay. She goes, I've gotten flu shots. I've gotten other vaccine boosters. And she goes, most of the time, you know, I may be tired for a day or my arm's a little sore. She goes, this was not that. She goes, it felt worse than COVID. She goes, I'd had COVID before last year. They still made me get it. She goes, I literally felt like I was going to die for a couple of days. I got so sick after that shot. And I said, yeah. So I'm, I'm getting – I said, I work in this industry. I said, so I hear – I'm getting emails every single day all week long hearing the same stuff. I said, there's something not right about this. Regardless of what you believe or what you know what's in it, the graphene oxide conversation or the RNA or gene therapy, whatever it is. There's one thing to be certain. It is not what we are being told, and there's a reason why they're pushing so insanely hard, even when the CDC's own admitted to saying it doesn't stop you from spreading it, it doesn't stop you from getting it. But yet they're telling everybody you have to get it to save everybody's life, and if you don't now, people can sue you if you get them sick. Nutty world, but that's where we're at. 
So thank you again for the support. Keep your immune system strong. Stay on top of it. Continue to exercise. You guys know. Keep your diets clean. At least 80 to 90% of the time. Stay as strong as you can right now and continue to stay alert and get the information out there. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. If you guys need anything at all, feel free to give us a call up. Healthmasters.com. We're here to help you guys out. Got a lot of different specials. As always, the Vitamin E Super E product of the week. Last day today if you want to jump on that. The mix to Cofrol Vitamin E at Healthmasters.com and vote for what you want to see win. Eyesight, memory support, adrenal support, bunch of stuff on there. Check it out, my friends. Thank you again. And again, as I say every day, keep up the fight. You're not in this alone. Stand your ground on your convictions and what's going on because it is beyond that time that we have to basically make our voices heard and we cannot comply with any nonsense anymore. Have a great night. and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.